The book dream inside you cannot wait. Never before have so many people questioned, what do I really want to be doing? For a lot of us, that means writing a book. Long deferred dreams, pandemic pause, and the solitude to make them happen means the time is now. The mechanics of book writing can seem mysterious, but they can be broken down, as can the logistical minefield of getting published. You need skills of the craft, but also practical advice from experts who've navigated the path. What's the arc to becoming an author? The value and peril of agenting, conducive editors, the formats to publish and ways to promote. We'll speak with writers, agents, editors, teachers, coaches, publicists, publishers, resources, and guides to navigate the way for those of us brave enough to bring our story to life. Drop in to your book dream and begin to make it real. And now, here's your host, Diane Dewey. Welcome to Dropping In, everyone. It's Mother's Day weekend. Time to appreciate your mother for the person she is and for all that goes into being a mother, which is pretty much everything. For those of us who spawn creative projects, there are other kinds of support, including a very important one for writers called Insecure Writers Support Group. One of its main proponents, L. Diane Wolf, is our guest today. Welcome, Diane. Great to have you with us. Thank you, Diane. Uh, you are known as Spunk on a Stick. L. Diane Wolf is the owner of Dancing Lemoore Press, and you conduct seminars on book publishing and marketing leadership and goal setting. Uh, you're a member of the National Speakers Association, and you offer seminars through community colleges, organizations, and clubs. Uh, in addition, there's private counseling for writers and book formatting services for both print and ebook. You travel extensively um, for media interviews and speaking engagements. We'll get to that in terms of pandemic impact. Um, and you maintain several uh, websites, dancinglemorepress.com and spunkonastick.net, which is just the greatest name ever. Your titles include How to Publish and Promote Your Book Now, Overcoming Obstacles with Spunk, the Keys to Leadership and Goal Setting, and the five YA series, The Circle, the five book series, The Circle of Friends. So you have a vast amount of expertise. I, I wonder if you would talk to us um, first about your books and how they came into being. Well, being an author, as, as everybody knows, even once is writing, wants to write, is, is a dream of a dream since I was about 13 years old. So definitely being able to write, like I said, I didn't intend to write young adult, um, actually kind of young adult, new adult. But uh, what really took off was when I did Overcoming Obstacles with Spunk. That book came about from the goal setting and the leadership seminars I was teaching. And then afterwards, people asked, do you have a book? Hint, always have a book. <laughs> yes. So I put that book together. And then on the uh, How to Publish Your Book Now was based on the publishing and the book marketing seminars that I taught. So I combined those and both of those books have a lot more details than I can ever go through in my seminars. So I do, I have had them in the uh, book publishing one was just recently updated as well because things are changing so fast. Well, let's talk about that. What are the changes that you're seeing? A lot of the, like I said, the big publishers are getting smaller and smaller. I mean, it was six, now it's five. A lot of small publishers have gone under in the last 10 years. There's been a lot more mergers. A lot of agents aren't taking on new clients. 
you know, there's just been a lot. And then, of course, e-books really brought about a huge change. And, of course, we can't go without mentioning the pandemic eliminated a lot of, you know, in, in-person events, book events, you know, bookstores were closed and everything. So that has really changed a lot on how, how book on how you publish a book and how you market a book. And what about the upsides of the pandemic? I'm, you know, I, it's really difficult to even say those words, but there are silver linings. And do you think that there are more people writing? Do you think there are more people entering the publishing world, either as self-publishers or in hybrid modes? Uh, what are some of the other changes that you're seeing? They're on. I think, I think the first year of the pandemic, I, most of the writers I knew were just, so horrified by what, everything that was happening from either, you know, people getting sick to just the lockdowns, which really damaged a lot of businesses. Um, a lot of people didn't write. And now that we're getting out of this, people are back into that writing. But during that time, like I said, we couldn't do live events. So print sales kind of went down. But in its place, uh, at least for us, I saw a lot, our ebook sales went up and our audiobook sales really went up. So that kind of offset some of the lack of print sales. And so we're really hoping to see, you know, ebooks are still going to sell really well anyways. We're really hoping to see the audiobook curve continue going upwards. So this is also then touching on Dancing the Mirror Press, um, your your um, your t- your publishing company, your imprint. And so how, how does that work in terms of then the support and the liaison with Insecure Writers Support Group? Well, one thing that, is, that has helped, and the founder of the Insecure Writer Support Group is actually one of my authors, Alex J. Cavanaugh, and he had founded this uh, uh, going on 11 years now. Um, so with that, that tie there, he had asked me to come on as one of the admins. And then, but also through that, I've been able, we, uh, we've had an annual anthology contest for the last seven years, I believe. And so through my imprint, which is Freedom Fox Press, we've been able to publish those anthologies and of course that'd be much more difficult to just you know do it through just self-publishing themselves so i am able to bring it in under the umbrella under our publishing company which gives it a little more clout to be able to to put those uh anthologies out there so that is with owning dancing our press that is really i think where i've really helped with the group it's really cool um, because, you know, that's what happens. A lot of support groups, you know, support and support and support. And then you get to the end, you've got this beautiful manuscript. You're so proud of it. And there's nowhere to go with it. I wonder if you uh, would just tell us with the anthologies, uh, it's, it's like a competition or, you know, is there a certain content that you're looking for or can any writer join in that? Every year they've had a different genre and a different theme, which has made it uh, a lot of fun because uh, we've we've done science fiction twice now, but all the others have been unique. There was a thriller mystery, uh, this year's uh, first love, the art of making donuts. It was a, it's going to be, of course, a love story. It's a romance one. So Mm -hmm. you just have to watch for what the genre is going to be and what the theme is going to be. And then the theme is what really ties them all together so that it makes, you know, it's not just a, anthology of random stories they do have to all tie together with a theme and a genre well donuts is just as good a theme as any that i can think of i'm i'm wondering if you could just trace the arc of you publishing your book how to publish and promote your book now um it's 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 like a book about what it is um how did it come about i had 
self-published myself way back when we're talking almost 20 years ago now and did it very wrong. And that's how you learn sometimes is you do it very Mm -hmm. wrong. And then so I started really studying the craft, reading any book on publishing and marketing that I could get my hands on. And after a really good, intense two years of studying it, that's when I decided to open Dancing Lemur Press. And my Spunk on a Stick book was the very first book published then my my series, and then I started signing on other authors after that. And that was the goal originally when I started, is I do want to open it up for other authors. And now we have over 60 titles. Um, with all the anthologies, we have over 65 authors. So it's, it's been quite the journey. It's wonderful. Um, when you talk about the, you know, like enlarging of the ebook audience, which makes perfect sense for our lifestyles, you know, um, does that mean then that you don't like warehouse books or print a number of books or is it like print on demand or how do you handle the actual physical book part of the process? We do it both ways. We do both. We have both a a company we use for big press runs, and then we have a lightning source that we use for the print on demand when we need smaller runs and everything. So we just do a little bit of both. And we do carry inventory, not a huge inventory, but we do carry inventory. And our books are, of course, available on all platforms, both print and ebook, and then three different places through audio. Cool. So the author that doesn't want to be burdened with distribution and other icky things can turn to someone like you and and say, you know, uh, I've got this manuscript. And then do you take manuscripts like over the transom, as they say, you just mentioned that agenting is actually shrinking um, as a field. There are not as many agents taking on new clients. Um, if you haven't worked with someone in a coaching capacity or in the insecure writer support group, uh, do do you take like yeah, just anonymous manuscripts or how does that work? Yes, uh, we have submission guidelines both for Dancing Lemur Press and for Freedom Fox Press. Now, Freedom Fox Press is our imprint that we set up, and it's more set up for the author who is very marketing savvy because we do a lot less marketing with for Freedom Fox Press, but the trade-off is the authors get a big, bigger percentage of the royalties. And with mm-hmm. both of them, it's mission guidelines. I've had writers I know send uh, submissions. I've had writers I didn't. Um, the Insecure Writer Support Group also has a Twitter pitch contest, and we have actually signed, I believe I counted, five authors just from that alone. Wow. Okay, so there's accessibility, and that's that's a really important issue. When you talk about marketing, that's huge, right? That's something that I think many authors, um, you know, maybe they're exhausted from writing the book, having it edited, and then there's marketing, which is like a big bear in and of itself. Um, how do you how do you guide authors in marketing? How do you support them even through you know the writers support group? Um, do you give them guidelines on how to do it themselves, or do you offer marketing expertise as well? I mean, you do with Dancing Lamore, and then not so much with the um, Freedom Fox. But um, you know, what could what could a writer be prepared to get themselves into in terms of marketing? One thing most writers need to realize is unless you're signed with one of the big five and even then you need to be slated to be the next bestseller, um, you're the mar- authors 
on all levels are pretty much going to have to do most of the marketing themselves. It's just the fact that uh, publishers in general have pulled way back on how much money they spend on marketing. So I always, like I said, I always have outlined, and I even have an author handbook that once I sign somebody, I send them the handbook. And that really lines out what I expect them to do and what we mm-hmm. will be doing to partner with them in marketing, you know, when to start doing this, when to set up, you know, get their website ready. You know, we send them graphics and, and things so that they can start promoting their book. And we just really try and walk them through it and get them doing it. And like I said, sometimes you get someone who just, they just kind of fall flat. They just don't really, even with all this guidance, they still don't know what to do. And then we've got ones that just are, are just become experts at it and they just know how to run with it and really keep the marketing going. Yeah. And sometimes it's personality types, right? I mean, if you're an introverted writer, um, you know, marketing just sounds like a poisonous word. And, you know, whereas if you're an extrovert and you're already out on social media and you're doing everything anyway, it's like, oh, okay, great. Now I have um, something to focus this all on and it becomes quite natural. How about the um, Insecure Writers Support Group then? Does that also act to like say bring out the qualities that you need to conduct a marketing campaign or are you mostly focused on the craft of writing and supporting writers with encouragement and like emotional support what's the balance there it's a bit of it's a little bit of a balance um i'd say just in general not just from me but from both all the admins that we have the administrators there are eight of us Plus all the guests we get on, we get a lot of guests that do talk about marketing and everything. And then we have every week there's a new article. Plus there'll be a little article um, from Carolyn Howard Johnson, who's an expert marketer, is in our newsletter every month. We also have information over on because we have a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So we have a lot of different ways we and a lot of people that will help contribute to with you know helping with different marketing things. And when you think about marketing, I mean, sometimes authors are kind of backing out what they see as a a strong genre in the marketplace right now, like young adult or like, you know, fantasy or sci-fi. You know, do you, what advice do you give a writer who thinks they have a story in them, but, um, you know, they want it to sell. So they're, they're, you know, should they cater to or tailor their work to marketplace niches that are like super hot. <laughs> I always tell writers because when I teach in my seminars, I always tell them, you know, you can't write directly to the market because by the time you finish writing and polishing and editing and all that, that phase may be passed and you've mm-hmm. missed it. But you just need to be aware of what's really hot. And a couple genres like romance and and then mysteries and thrillers, they are just always going to be very, very popular. And, of course, young adult is really popular. Even some middle grade is really popular. So I just don't be aware of it. But if you're right, if you're trying to write just to market, you're you're not going to be as passionate about it as you are. You know, it just write the best story you can. You know, keep it, keep the market in mind, but just write the best story you can. And you, you know, have a lot of credibility because you've written a five book young adult series um, called The Circle of Friends. We just have a couple minutes before the break, but introduce us to that series just to give us an idea of, of what you like, like to write. <laughs> Well, ironically, until I wrote that series, that wasn't usually what I liked to to read and write. So it was kind of funny that worked out that way. Um, 
what I personally like, I actually like romance. I don't read a ton of just straight romance, but I love like paranormal type romance. And actually, personally, that's what I'm working on right now, some paranormal romance. And that the romance aspect is strong in that series, just because I do believe love is, love makes the world go round. And, you know, some that's just a really powerful force and something that most people can identify with is this, the love and the, you know, because then you get the support of somebody if you have somebody that loves you. So I think that's probably the driving force behind that series is just inspiration and, and love. So paranormal love, let's give an example. Is that like vampires or what, what kind of paranormal <laughs> beings do you, let's get down uh, actually, into this. Yes, uh, <laughs> Actually, yes, the one I'm polishing up right now, it does have to do with a vampire set back many, many years from now. Um, I've also got a werewolf one, uh, one with an alien, one with a ghost. It's going to be a, a, a series of several different stories all in one book. And then one with a shark. And I threw oh. that out there and people are like, a romance with a shark. I'm like, yes, this, I'm really hoping to finish that one soon and you will see it. A romance with a shark. <laughs> Well, they're not credited with the intelligence that they have on account of their kind of miserable personalities and also eating habits. We're going to pause for a commercial (laughs) break right now, but we'll come back and speak some more with Diane Wolf, who's an expert on book writing, but also book coaching, something that everybody needs when they're in the process. So don't go away. We'll be right back on Dropping In. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. She Writes Press is an independent publishing company founded for women writers everywhere. Together with sister company Spark Press, serving men and women, it is both mission-driven and community-oriented. The aim is to serve writers who wish to maintain greater ownership and control of their projects while getting the highest quality editorial help possible, traditional distribution, and an in-house marketing and publicity team. In 2019, She Writes Press was named Indie Publisher of the Year. You can find out more on SheWritesPress.com. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are listening to 
Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to diane at dianedewey.com. That's diane at dianedewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Diane Wolf, who's really got all the bases covered. I think it's a great menu of expertise, Diane, that you have the Insecure Writers Support Group, that you have your publishing companies, that you also are a coach and speaker, and you know something about overcoming fears. When you talk about insecure writers, is that something that just pretty much every writer can identify with being an insecure writer? Uh, definitely, yes. <laughs> that is one thing, uh, because one thing part of how it actually began back in uh, 2011 was a monthly blog posting. And I think at one time there was over 300 members. We're averaging about 150 now that post every single month. And you can just see, you know, what's your insecurities for today, <laughs> for this month, what's happening? And you just hear, like, you know, because, you know, we create something that's so personal, it's not like someone just works a job and does performance. It's more because we're creating something. And so it's like we're putting a piece of us out there and we're vulnerable. And I think that's where a lot of the insecurity comes from. You know, are we real? Are we a fake? Are we, you know, are we any good? Is anyone going to read our stuff? Is anyone going to buy our stuff? Is anyone going to like our stuff? So that's where I think a lot of the insecurity comes in, it's just because we're putting out something that's so very personal to our, to ourselves. And, you know, um, you talked about reading, um, and that's a key component um, to being a writer. But, you know, then you get kind of intimidated, right? You've got Hemingway Faulkner. You've got, you know, Emily Bronte, Virginia Woolf. You've got towering figures in, you know, the literary history. And how can I ever do something as good as that? I mean, do you think some of that, um, the standards and that sense of, overly driving for perfection. Is that also a part of the insecurity? Oh, definitely, because you read something, and what you don't realize is when you're reading some of these great works is that might have been that author's 10th, 20th book, and that it got published and, and polished so much. You didn't see them in their early days when they were just as bad if far, and even worse than you are now. So you're looking at someone's very best and comparing your very worst to it. And you got to realize it doesn't matter how great that person writes. You need to find your own voice, your own style, and write the best you can. And that's really what you got to remember. You know, you're, you're not going to be the next Stephen King, and that's good. There only needs to be one. Be the best you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, don't be someone, just be yourself. Everything else is taken. Um, but, you know, th- this concept of voice, talk to us a little bit about developing voice, because a lot of people think, I'm just going to write this these ideas out on the page, but there is something to a voice. And what are the components of it for you? It's just something when you read it, you just instantly know. It's just it's it's not just that the character has a great voice. That that really does help when you get a book that just the character has just a strong voice. But again, it's kind of your style. You just it's something that and a writer can't just come out of the gate doing it. It's going to take, you know, I would say a million words. It's gonna take those million words to finally find your groove with 
how you talk, how you do things, how, you know, the passion, your particular passion is going to start coming through in voice. And again, it also helps, like I said, if you get a character with a really good voice. Uh, we just had a book that came out a few months ago, or the second I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, Connor has the most amazing voice. I mean, it just comes through with such it just the personality just sparks right off the page. And that's kind of how you have to write. Just give your writing personality. And you can do that without overdressing it or being overdramatic or over anything. Just, again, it's just something you really got to work on and work on until you find what is your groove, what what style comes through for you, and how do you write passionately? What What is passionately writing for you? You know, when there is that ferocity and that real sense of, being driven by a force, um, you know, like passion, it it is palpable on the page. And, you know, we kind of grow up, we're taught in school, here's a book report, you know, project to do. Here's like, you know, a lot of nonfiction research projects to do. And you kind of, it, it kind of ekes out your voice, your voice, you kind of dwindle what you would be having a voice about what you care deeply about, whether it's paranormal romance or, you know, wolves romance, or let's just, you know, pick it. I mean, the thing is that Mm -hmm. it takes time, right, to discover those passions again. And is writing for you uh, a project that also involves becoming more aware of yourself? Yes. Yeah, because we got to remember our English teacher is looking for something completely different than what a book editor and a reader are looking for. I mean, it's just too, it's just night and day. You know, you can't have an English teacher edit your book because they're editing for something completely different. They aren't worried about voice. They aren't worried about that. They're worried about the structure only. So that, like I said, you've got to be writing, remembering the reader. They want to be caught up in the story. They want to be swept away. They want to believe in that character, follow that character to the end, and then want, then crave more. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when you were mentioning about towering figures in, liter- in literature, you know, it's, it is important to put them in context because, you know, if you pick up even a beloved writer, Virginia Woolf, for example, you know, you read her and you realize this writing is from a completely different epoch. I mean, it's just a different time. There's such lengthy passages. We're writing for different times now, right? I mean, what are some of the trends yes. that you think impact our writing styles now? Well, just the fact that uh, number one, I think, is is the short attention span that people have mm-hmm. right now, I think, is is driving it a bit. People are just so used to instant gratification. They want things shorter. That's why shorts can do really well. But that's why you can't go on, you know, you can't do the token of, your token of pages and pages and pages of description because people want to get right into it. They want to get into the story. And there are still people that like to have that. But I think more the drive is people want to get right into it and be put in it right away and faster and be swept away by it than they did in the past. I think you're absolutely right. I just looked at a book. uh, I was revisiting a book by Danny Shapiro called Inheritance. It's in something like its 11th printing. It's been ginormously popular. It has to do with the fact that she, you know, just innocently one day decided to take Ancestry.com test, spit into the vial with her sister, and found out they weren't related to one another. 
So it's also happened to a family that I know. Um, but I looked at the book because I, I want to, you know, I want this to be, this is a relevant topic now. Artificial insemination turned out to be how she came about. Unbeknownst to her, you know, her parents had visited a clinic. We didn't talk about such things. Um, and so, you know, she went through a myriad of feelings. But the point is, I looked at the, I looked at the page markers where she was, it was out, Diane, within five pages. The, even figuring out who her father was, don't get scared, man. If you've, you know, had, if you've been a sperm donor, it, it, it is the twilight <laughs> of anonymity. But, you know, by that was out by like, say, page 12. So, you know, if the book's 150 pages, um, you're you're just now deconstructing all of that and what it means and then what happens next when she meets him. But you're absolutely right. I mean, this quickening of the narrative, even if it's fiction, mm -hmm. you've got to get like right to the point. How does that affect structure? And, you know, are some of the lessons that we learned about structure becoming even obsolete? Basic structure will always be somewhat the same, and and just you know, then some of the rules that go along with that. You know, they always say don't start with a dream kind of thing. Um, I think do think it means structures getting like I said as far as structure. One thing I see as a publisher is uh, writers are doing shorter and shorter chapters. Um, mm -hmm. Like I've had book submissions with the chapters are three pages long. <laughs> I mean, just to yeah. keep people going because of course the chapter should contain itself. You've got a beginning, a middle, and end, even in the chapter, and also they leave it hanging. So, oh, well, the next chapter is only a couple pages, so I got to find out what happens. So that kind of structure has changed it a bit. In that, again, shorter chapters, people are reading, you know, more eager to keep going rather than open, realizing, oh, the next chapter is twenty pages. I can wait till tomorrow. You know, white space is your friend, actually, as a writer. That's the thing that's hard to really grok when you're when you're writing, uh, because you know, as you say, let's just capture a scene. If you're on the subway or on the bus and you have to get off, then you, uh, you finished a chapter and now you have this white space. You can kind of digest and absorb what just happened to those characters and then move on. But, you know, going back to the insecurity that writers feel, do writers somehow feel that they had, you know, previously anyway, had to fill up a page somehow or had to, give more and more or show their entire vocabulary in one story. Um, you know, how do you reverse that in the supporter, in the, in the insecure writers support group? How do you try to tackle some of those challenges? Well, one thing an author, a writer needs to realize is it doesn't matter if on their word, they fill up that full page when it goes to print, <laughs> that in that page may end someplace else. And you may end up with a big, huge white space, whether you like it or not. Uh, it does, again, it goes back to just tell the best story, tell it the most concise, leave out all, leave out the junk, leave out the fancy flowery stuff. Don't worry about that. And and give people, you know, there was some serious, some need to be more descriptive, like, you know, science fiction, fantasy really rely on, on really strong world building. But you can still, I mean, again, you can overdo that. And you don't give, the, most people who are avid readers have really great imaginations. And if you give them just enough to go on, they can imagine seeing it. That's why so many books falter when they go to a movie, because 
well, that's not how I imagine the scene. That's not how I imagine this person. They don't look anything like that. And that's where that falls down sometimes, even even just trying to combine a book, you know, get a book down to a to two-hour movie, because people do have such great imagination. So I just say, you know, scale it back. Let people let people use their imagination. Don't worry so much about heavy detail. It's an interactive process, reading. Um, I, I agree with yeah. you uh, on the point, especially about character. I'm thinking about Cheryl Strayed's uh, memoir, Walking the Pacific Coast Trail, following the death of her mother, um, and and then Reese, Reese Witherspoon playing her. And I thought to myself, you know, that is just something happens there. In the book, I, I could imagine Cheryl Strayed out there with boots falling off into the, you know, into the gorge, then she didn't have any hiking shoes, um, you know, and, and, you know, that then when it's a person, you know, as an actor, that actor has an identity too, and some baggage, you know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. legally blonde or something, you know, <laughs> it's not legally blonde. I mean, now Reese, and she's a very capable, competent actor, but it does attach another kind of freight with it um, that when you're a writer, as you say, you can make use of people's imagination. What about freeing your imagination as a writer? What about how do you encourage people to kind of let themselves go into these areas of their passions? Well, one thing I said with all the different people we have on at the Insecure Writers Support Group giving uh, guest articles and talking about lots of different uh, topics, just the fact that all the writers are interacting so between the blog hop and over on Facebook and stuff, a lot of them will talk about what they're working on, and that can spark an idea in somebody else to try something completely new. And definitely with the contests we've had, we've had some people who've won and made it into the anthology that's like, this is the first time I've ever written in this genre. It was a stretch for me. I didn't think I could do it. And then obviously, well, you're very good at it because you managed to get in. In fact, we've had one individual had three stories in the anthology, and another individual of hers won the first contest, and I think the fourth or fifth one is the, was the winning story. So again, they were different genres. So that also helps encourage people to try something a little different because you never know, you know, you might find out you're actually really good at it. Yeah. Who knew? Um, you yourself have written, you know, a real, there's a real diverse, you know, kind of um, story that you've written. I wonder if you can talk about the question of writing multiple projects at once because it feels like you must be doing that like you are in many places at once um and then you know the insecure writers group um support group is is an important component you've got lots going on so how does that work do you encourage writers you know if you get an impulse to jot something down that's not the book you're writing on uh you're writing in that at that time what about multiple projects well, the problems are just that to me, I've always worked on different ones. And I, I was working on fiction the same time I was writing my one of my nonfiction books. Um, but this one I'm working on right now, like I said, I just listed five different creatures and I'm working on all five of those stories here and there. So, you know, it's just some people don't do that as well. Um, I've got several authors that are like, I got to focus on one thing at a time. So that comes down to what works for you. Some people, it works great. You know, you encourage and have two projects. That way, if you get stuck on one, you don't know what to do, jump over to the other one. And and once you've worked on that one for a while, a solution will come to you in the other one. 
So we do mm-hmm. tell people, you know, and, and like I said, between the contest and there's some other writing uh, prompts that are online, uh, WEP, WEP, uh, work, uh, write, edit, publish. They have a uh, every three months have a thing. So there's a lot that really encourages people to try different projects at different times. And again, balance it out to see, you know, it, it does help to have two or more because then, like I said, you get stuck on one, you can go to another one. Mm-hmm. And you're alluding to the fact that there are a lot of resources out there now for writers. That seems like it's sprung up um, and is flourishing. There's a lot of collaborative, um, you know, resources too. You've got like Jane Friedman is in your blog, uh, Insecure Writers Work, uh, Support Group. And, you know, how is that working? There, there are lots more, is it much more interconnected because of the internet? because you can do, you know, virtual appearances. Um, what do you see as the evolution there? Oh, that's been huge. Like I said, when I started 20 years ago, there wasn't much of anything online. You know, it has just been amazed how much information is out there for free from people who are really good at it. And like I said, with the Insecure Writers Support Group, is just a blessing that we have so many experts come in and contribute. And then sometimes we get to go out and contribute on their sites. And plus, we're also partnered with several other uh, sites like uh, Read the Ninja Writers, uh, Medium, and Mary Cole Editorial Services that we're partnered with in addition and, and gives it gives our members extra little bonus for using these services and an and, and extra place to go for, for more, you know, resources. And so it's it, – and that's the main thing about the Insecure Rares Book site is we've got pages dedicated to just book publishing, just self-publishing, to the writing, to the marketing, looking for conferences. And then we list resources galore of where they can go, and we're always updating those pages and finding even more. And, again, that does all connect us pretty well and give us all lots of options for, for, for finding out what we need to know to write and publish a book. It, there's a lot of stages to it. There's a lot of moving parts. And first is, as you say, writers speaking to one another in isolation, like with COVID, you know, that's been, I think, difficult. You didn't get as much feedback. And so reaching out on virtual platforms like yours is really, really helpful. It gives you permission to go mm-hmm. with an idea and, you know, insecure writers need <laughs> permission. Um, we have a minute <laughs> before we're going to take take a break, you know, d- different kinds different kind of pushes um but we're going to take a break when we come back we'll continue talking with diane wolf but i think right now probably people are wondering how much does this cost how do i um, access it financially it is free you can follow the website join the facebook group get the newsletter uh, we even have two uh, books, two guides, e-books, uh, the Insecure Writer Support Group's Guide to Publishing and Beyond and uh, Guide to Writing for Profit that are free to download. So nothing that we do is a charge unless they want to use one of our partners and use their services. But everything for the Insecure Writer Support Group is free for any writer to join. So cool. Then we have to ask, how do you exist? I'm sorry? I mean, how do you fund yourselves? How do you exist? Oh, we have a page that has uh, swag. <laughs> we do Good. have swag. You can buy T-shirts and stuff. So we do have a lot of, we have a page that has swag, and that's usually what pays for the website and, and pays for us to do some of this stuff. 
I feel like there's also a lot of goodwill among you and your colleagues in terms of volunteering your time, all for good purpose, and that is to read much better stories. So don't go away. We're going to pause for a commercial break. We'll come back with Diane Wolf, and we'll talk more about how this all happens. Don't go away. We'll be right back on Dropping In. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Books Forward exemplifies excellence in book marketing and promotion, representing New York Times bestsellers, national award-winning books, and books that catch fire on social media and in the digital realm. Books Forward creates ambitious campaigns with unlimited possibilities for sparking buzz while creatively cutting through the noise. Your book deserves to launch with experts who have set the bar in the industry. To learn more, visit booksforward.com or send us an email at info at booksforward.com. A JKS Communications Company. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Dropping In with Diane Dewey. We'd love to hear from you if you have a question or comment about the show. Send us an email to diane at dianedewey.com. That's diane at dianedewey.com. Now, back to Dropping In. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Diane Wolf, and we're talking about a great, super cool and groovy resource that's available to everybody who might be keen on getting into the writing world. It's called Insecure Writers Support Group. So Diane, talk to us about the resources there and the experts who weigh in and what they contribute on that site. All right. Well, then right now, as far as the admin administrators, we are basically, I guess you could technically say eight and a half of us. Um, the founder, of course, is Alex J. Cavanaugh. And in addition to myself, is also uh, Michelle Wallace, who is from South Africa. And the three of us have been there since the very beginning. Um, we've had a few others come and go. We have uh, Elizabeth Seckman, who does a great job with our newsletter. Uh, when you, not, you, you need a key. Um, does a fantastic job with her her section. She's taken on the Instagram now. Uh, Pat Hat handles the Twitter account. Uh, Celie McKenzie is our uh, PR person. And then we just had um, Sandra Cox come on as well. She just brand new and just started. And then our other half, I have to mention her, is Toy Thomas. She runs, we have an Insecure Writer Support Group Goodreads Book Club, and she runs that. And like I said, she's not part of the main site, but she does run the book club. So all of us pool together, and we're from all over the place. A lot of us are in the U.S., but otherwise, you know, Pat lives in up in uh, Canada. And so, like I said, uh, Michelle's from South Africa, and, and we have had the uh, 
from Australia. We've had writers from all over the world help contribute to this site. So we've had a good selection. And, and it's interesting sometimes the difference, you know, in publishing in different countries, too, is a little bit different than it is if you just, you know, in the United States, it is a little bit different in other areas as well. And they can bring that expertise to the site. Well, and even this idea of uh, book clubs, you know, you're talking about the importance of of talking, you know, and talking about books, talking about ideas in books. It's something that can set off a spark, right? And then you have these these individuals who are available to you on the site. Is it any wonder that more people are getting more, more interested in telling their story? Because there are now the gatekeepers are gone and you can access mm-hmm. this, you know, incredible talent. Yes. And definitely, like I said, with, with being able to read and discuss like in the book club or just even being able to write on your own site or write something within these different groups and share and again, get into a discussion about it. It's, it's, it's really, like I said, the internet has really has opened up a lot of this because it, it used to be a very, very lonely venture and uh, mm-hmm. right now you can't do it by yourself anymore. You have to have an army of people behind you, both helping with editing, with support, with marketing. I mean, you, it, it does take a big group, and we all get together and talk things about stuff. And it, it, it just really has made a huge difference. Because otherwise, you're sitting there saying, where do I find these people? And I think that if you <laughs> have, a, have a resource like this, it's almost one-stop shopping, right? You, you can find pretty much everything that you need. Um, I'm wondering a little bit now about, you know, differentiating yourself from other types of writer support groups maybe you're partnering with, but how does Insecure Writers Support Group differentiate itself from, from others? Well, one thing I remember uh, the founder, Alex, had said he wanted this to be the database of databases. He wanted this to be the one place you could come and find everything all at once, you know, because most sites will list other sites and they'll list information and stuff. But he wanted it to be also a giant database of information within itself. And like I said, all those different pages have so much. And most of them don't, very few of them link to just like a little individual site. They link to databases of other sites. So if you're looking for a specific thing, it goes right to it. So I think we've covered most of the major sites just within that. So one thing that's really different is it is such a huge database, and it is free and available for anybody to come browse through and find what they're looking for. Super great. Um, I, I have to say that the I loved the name, Insecure Writers. Um, first of all, who, who isn't? And second, you know, writers especially, like there's, you know, as Anne Lamott says, She's, you know, a great writer of our time. Perfectionism is the voice of the oppressor, the enemy of the people. It will keep you cramped and insane your whole life. Um, how do you how do you allow people to understand that perfection may not be the goal? Oh, well, that you're right. Everybody wants and and when it comes to writing, again, it's writing's an art form. So Art is never perfect. There's just absolutely no way to create perfect art. So that's where you got to understand, you know, it just, it's not going to be perfect. Again, it all comes back to focusing on be the best you, be, create the best that you can. 
and don't worry about perfection because it, you know, if, if you wrote perfectly, it would be very boring. If you really think about it, if you wrote grammatically perfect the way your English teacher wanted to, it'd be really boring. So that's again, encourage the creativity, encourage just to do the very best you can. And like I said, I've seen some, like said, some of the entries for the contests and everything, you know, the person came back with, oh my gosh, I did, I felt like I could have done so much better, but it's like, well, you still made it into the anthology. So being the best you can. Well, it allows for quirkiness too, right? And that's, that's individualness, individuality, personality. And you were talking about how important it is for that to come on the page, you know? So I think Mm -hmm. that if you're, um, you know, if you're, encouraging people to do you um it's about self-acceptance right it's almost like a support group for you know for for just you know i'm okay you're okay it's 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 a kind yeah. of right it's it's something where yeah come to terms with yourself listen to your inner voice don't suppress it and um let's have at it uh it, it's kind of i think it is a really healthy thing um for people to go through the process do you find that people express and you yourself that they've had like growth spurts because of going through this? Oh yeah. And and one thing it keeps a lot of the people very active because they've got a support group. They've got things, like I said, the monthly blog gets people going, you know, they know they got to keep connecting and it, it really helps keep people connected. And that usually you know, the worst thing you can do, they always say, you know, the, what the devil wants to do is isolate you because then he knows he's got you, you know, if you get isolated. So that's mm-hmm. what it just keeps people involved and keeps them going. And if they get in a slump, there's encouragement and they know it's you're going to come out of it. You know, don't stress it. It's going to be okay. And that just keeps people going. And anxiety is part of being a writer. I'm just going to throw that out there, particularly certain genres. Uh, if you're writing memoir, for example, and it's a, your true story, um, you know, and you're worried about what you're revealing, what you can't reveal, what's too personal, all those questions that, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about, you know, you can keep the fig leaf in place. Yes, you have to get naked, but let's, you know, have a little discretion. We'll keep the fig leaf there. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of anxiety that comes, you know, with writing. And you talked about it because you're sharing something so personal. But if people weren't empathic and super sensitive, then they probably wouldn't be writers, right? Oh, I think there's, yeah, there's a bit of sensitivity that definitely goes with that because you've got to be, you've got to be, you've got to have some compassion. You've got to have passion towards people. Um, I think you've got to love people because you just love the connection with that. You know, you connect with your characters, you fall in love with them. So there's just, yeah, it just, it gets a lot of the passion, I think is the main thing. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about character because I actually saw a great blog post on your on your website on the Insecure Writers website, and I was like, I'm coming back to this, and I read through it on building characters. It was, it was a great post, and I, uh, you know, I noticed in your bio that you also do characterizations in schools, and I wondered if you would describe that. What what is that process? That is a thing that I'd start doing quite a few years ago when I was going out to book, doing a lot more book festivals as I tried to schedule some visits before the book festival at schools, usually middle schools attended and maybe older grade schools, sometimes high schools, and just go in and I have a character sheet and I just go through and I have the kids, okay, I'm going to walk you through how to build a character. 
You can decide what's their background, what are their dreams, what do they look like, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, and just go through all of that. And actually, I've turned that, I've done actually uh, published several books through Dancing in the Emer Press, uh, mostly local, where I have gone in with a teacher done the characterization and then told them, guess what? Now that you have this character, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write a thousand, approximately a thousand word stories. Teacher's going to go through them, get you guys edited, and then the best ones are going to get published in a book. And that's how if you go to the Dancing in the Press site and you see uh, uh, Snapping Turtle Tales and Otter Tales and some of those books, those were actually written by children for children. So I've turned it into something that's even more, and as something I continue to offer to any teacher, you know, last two years, of course, not, but any teacher wants me to come in and teach the characterization in their English class and then do a book for the kids. It's just something extra and fun. It gives them big motivation. And for some of them, it's like, you know, that might be what makes them a writer is they got a chance to do this. They got in the book and I'm like, oh my goodness, I can be a writer. I can be a writer. So it's another positive thing that we do. It's really cool because I can are two of the most powerful words in the, in the language. We just have a few minutes till close. And I, you know, I, I still can't, I can't get away from spunk on a stick, which is the description of you. Uh, you've got, we've just got a couple of minutes. How do you keep your own spunk alive? <laughs> Um, I, I guess I credit that to the fact, number one, I'm type A. I'm very, I, my husband says, you're either going warp 10 or you're asleep. You don't have in between. And that's probably what just keeps my energy going, just because I always want to be doing something. I don't just sit very well. Um, I have to, you know, I have to pump myself up sometimes as well. It's like, it, it doesn't always come natural. The spunk doesn't always come natural, but, um, you know, I try and do as best I can. And I've realized, like I said, doing seminars and stuff, and I've been speaking for so many years, I realized, you know, I'm not going to be the funny, funny one. I will have some fun stuff that makes you laugh, but that's not me. I'm not the comedian. I'm the one with all the enthusiasm. That's what I can bring to the tables. I'm just going to wow you with how excited I am when I'm doing this. And I've had a lot of people tell me afterwards that that's really like, wow, you are just so excited. I'm like, yeah. And that's, you know, it's probably how you find your spunk in life. You just, what are you passionate about? Get excited about it. Learn about it and get excited about it. I love it. The energy is just so apparent in you. So Diane Wolf, check her out on the website, dancinglamorepress.com, insecurewriterssupportgroup.com. It's just a joy to have you. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, Diane, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been a joy. Thanks to our engineers, Matt Widener and Aaron Keller, to Ryan Treasure, to our executive producer, Robert Cialino, and most of all, to you, our listeners. Remember to stay safe, keep up your, your spunk, and show your mother some love. Till next week, thank you for dropping in. Thank you so much for dropping in. Please join Diane Dewey again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you then.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library.